Hi, beautiful friends, and welcome back to the show. I am so excited today. I have an interview that I'm going to share with you, and we are going to talk about really defining life on your terms, living intentional lives full of faith and freedom and success and fulfillment, and what that might look like for you, what it might look like of stepping off the path of what everyone else is doing and stepping into more purpose and stepping into what your heart truly desires for your life. Her and her family are road schooling their kids as they go around the country. And it is a great journey they're on. And she has so many great things to talk about as she stepped out and started her own business as well. I cannot wait to share it with you. Here's what I want to ask you. What is holding you back? What is the thing that's holding you back from going after your dreams and from finding meaningful work you love? Aren't you ready to wake up to the possibilities that are in your life and go after the things you've dreamt of? It's time for you to feel alive again, lit up, and for you to know that you're deserving and you are worthy for the future that's waiting for you. I want you to feel fulfilled and find abundance in your life. I think it's time and I'm ready to help you get started. Now I'm your host, Kristen, of Building a Life You Love. And each week on the show, we're going to help you figure out how you do go after your dreams and find work you love. Here we go. Let's get started. Hi, today on the podcast, I would like to welcome our guest, Cherie Sauer. She is a, she's the CEO and founder of Success Without Sacrifice. And she's also a success coach, speaker, published author, and the creator of the Ramp Method. And I am so excited for this conversation today because she literally is defining life on her terms, the way that her and her family and her children have chosen to uh, have a life uh, or a home on wheels, exploring the country. And she's really stepping into the intersection of her faith, freedom, success, and fulfillment. And she's helping other business owners do the same. So I can't wait to share all the insight and nuggets that she's going to share with us today. Welcome, Cherie. Thank you so much for having me on, Kristen. I'm excited to be here. Ah, thank you. Yeah. So first of all, can you just tell us a little bit about your backstory and your journey and then what life looks like for you today? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my background, uh, I have a background in sports medicine. Uh, I was an athletic trainer for 14 years and um, I did that for really until I had kids. Um, I had my first child and I loved that job. I loved working in the sports world, but it's a lot of hours. It's a lot of stress. It's a lot of getting yelled at and it's a lot of travel. And when my, um, my firstborn son was eight months old, I traveled for about six weeks straight almost mm-hmm. uh, with a day off here and there. I missed his teething. I missed his first Thanksgiving. And I was just, I was tired of missing those moments and being gone so much. And so uh, I had actually taken a leap of faith and I quit and I got rehired back in a different position that was um, not as much travel, had my second child. And then I got to the point again where I was still working a lot of weekends and nights and just the stress of the coaches. And I was just done at that point. I had got burnt out. Um, And really what, what really tapped me over the edge was I got a call on Christmas day from an athlete who was uh, his back was in spasm and he was worried about not being able to practice the next day. It was not an emergency. There was no reason for him to call me on Christmas day. Um, and I was done. And I was like, I'm done. I have no boundaries. Everybody has access to me. I cannot do this anymore. Um, and so I took a leap of faith and I quit my job, had nothing lined up. I didn't know what I was going to do. 
Um, I thought being a stay-at-home mom was going to be cupcakes and rainbows. And I thought I was going to have dinner on the table by five. And I thought my kids would behave better because I was around more. And I just thought life was going to be glorious. And uh, (laughs) after four months, I um, was depressed. I had hit a rock bottom. And I hated my life. I hated being a mom. I I resented everything. And I just thought if I had a better house, I would be happy. If my kids just behaved more, then I would have peace. If my husband just did X, Y, Z, then, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember sitting at the kitchen table and just crying. And I remember thinking like, if I could just be a mouse in somebody else's house, like, is this how they live? Is this our, is there all this yelling? Do they hate their lives? Yeah. <laughs> um, And I remember in that moment, God really just spoke to my heart that my house wasn't the problem. My kids weren't the problem. My husband wasn't the problem. I was the problem, right? Mm -hmm. And it was me. It was the internal internal work that I needed to do within myself to find that joy that I so craved, that I knew that God promised. Um, And I just, I didn't know how to find it. I didn't understand. I knew that God promised it. And so it must, it must exist, right? Um, but I didn't know how to find it. And that's uh, really led me down a self-development, self-care journey, um, learning, you know, how to put better boundaries in place as healthcare providers. We're really, really good at taking care of everybody else. We're not great at taking care of ourselves. I didn't know how to stop. I didn't know like half the time I would catch myself not even breathing because I was just go, go, go all the time. Um, and once I started to feel better. And I realized how important taking care of myself um, was. I became really passionate about helping other women and moms specifically in that season. And I started a self-care gift box company um, to really encourage moms to take care of themselves. And after three years, I found myself burnt out again. <laughs> so I got yeah. burnt out in my career. I got burnt out as a stay-at-home mom. And then I got burnt out as a business owner with young kids because again, I didn't, I didn't have boundaries. I, yes, I was better at taking care of myself, but I didn't really know how to set boundaries around work time and around like being with my kids. I didn't know how to shut work off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also I realized just giving, uh, these women a box with self-care items, they still weren't using them. They would get a free Mm. massage and they weren't cashing them in. And I thought, what in the world? Like if I got so free massage, I would take, I would take that in a heartbeat. Right. But I realized it was the guilt of finding a babysitter, taking care of themselves. And it was more of a mental mindset issue than it was not having the, it really, women say, I don't have the time. I don't have the money. That's really not what it is. Right. Um, And so that propelled me forward in coaching. Um, I coached mompreneurs for a couple of years. And now um, I own a business with my partner, Tara Dove. Uh, we own Success Without Sacrifice, and we specifically help female insurance agency owners uh, really juggle business, having employees, life, leadership, um, all of that. We work with uh, their teams as well. Um, my background, I worked with sports for 14 years, and um, my background in sports psychology, I really understood what what builds team culture 
team performance. If an employee is not performing well, uh, why? Getting down to the root cause. Or mm-hmm. if the agency owner is feeling like she doesn't have enough time and she's saying yes to too many things. Um, so it's really kind of a broad business and life that we do. Um, but that's kind of where I'm at now. Kind of a interesting pivot. And like a lot of people ask, like, how did you start coaching? Like, where, why insurance agency owners? And really, um, I had transitioned from coaching mompreneurs into coaching female entrepreneurs. Um, and one of those female entrepreneurs was an insurance agency owner. And when I started working with her um, and seeing kind of how the insurance industry works and working with her teams and some of the issues that they were having, I was like, this is the perfect merge of my skill set and all of the things that I do. Um, and so that's kind of where I'm at today. Oh my gosh, so much there. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing your story so openly and honestly, because I think so many of us can see ourselves, right? And pieces or parts of that on our own journeys. But, you know, I'm a mom, I have three sons, although mine are, you know, a little bit older, they're high school and college now. Uh, but, you know, so many other people, whether they have children or not, right? We've We've all probably experienced burnout for the most part. We've all maybe questioned like, what's next? We've probably had moments in our marriage or with our children or jobs that were just at our wit's end, right? And we don't know how to figure it out. And so I love that you shared, you know, so openly kind of what you had to, would not had to, what you were walking through and how you then had to pause and kind of, you know, do multiple things. One, which was give yourself more space and learn, like you said, boundaries, learn self-care, learn that you know, for, for you and for me, right. That faith's really important in kind of making time for that and allowing the change in our hearts to happen, right. Like perspective and, um, you know, softening and things like that. So I think that's first of all, just so amazing. And there's so much just from that part of the conversation, I think that will really encourage people, you know, in their own journeys for maybe where they're at now. Uh, and I do, I love how all your things came together because I truly think that's where, most of us find um, kind of our our sweet spot, right? It It's going to be some of the stuff we maybe did in the past or something we were good at, and then something we have an interest in or that kind of comes forth from something we're doing. So I think that's really cool because like I worked in online marketing or sort of more tech online space for 20 years. And while I was like, I don't want to totally only do that, right? I'm really good at that. But once again, I still do use a lot of that, even though it's not my you know core focus of how I want to help women either. Uh, you know what I mean? But it's it's similar because it's still things I can use. And I think that's true with a lot of people. It's when we look at all the breadcrumbs, if you will, you know, they start yeah. coming together and we should be open to that. You know, like it doesn't have to be what I did before. And I'd say usually it's not going to be, but there's some parallel, there's some connection. And you are open to seeing that the way insurance companies work, usually they have teams, unlike maybe a solopreneur. And then you were able to figure out that that was a really good niche for you. So I think that's really amazing. Yeah, it's um, funny that you talk about using kind of your background and it took me and I know a lot of uh, women really struggle with this of like, Oh, my gosh, I went to school, I have all this school debt and like, you know, like letting go of my athletic training license that I had worked so hard for was hard for me. But at the end of the day, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to help women. But it's so amazing how God has used so much of that to into what I do now. uh, That, you know, when we are open, like you said, 
that what God can do with us. But when, you know, that fear and that doubt and the like, but, 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 but holds us back. And when you really like let go and allow God to work in it, it's amazing what can happen. I just think it's so fascinating. Well, yeah. And actually in my two year journey of just podcasting for myself, you know, I went through quite a bit of iterations, even though all along this particular, well, the, sorry, the building the life you love podcast, it was always about that vision, right? It's that whole, how do we step into purpose? How do we live a life that aligns with what we want, right? For our families and that feels more, you know, the, the speed of life feels better, right? It's, it's maintainable, but I definitely tested along the way, even more of the business side of things like, you know, and it being more about that but it didn't feel right to me. Right. I was like, yes, I could do this, but I don't want to because God's been calling me for too many years to encourage and empower women too, as the primary goal, not a secondary, you know? And so I had to be willing to let go of those old titles or those old, uh, the experience that I had. And I had to peel them away to get to the core root of who God made me to be. Yeah. 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 I love it. Um, you had said something that I was like, oh, that was really good. And now I now I just forgot what it was. Um, darn it. <laughs> That's okay. It might come back to you and you could share it then. Um, so let's jump into a little bit about, you know, when you help businesses or, um, you know, or these um, female um, owners, tell me a little bit about how you help them um, and, and then you, how you've designed it for your own life to live intentional lives with the intersection of the different areas, because I know that's one of the things you're, you're helping with and that you probably have seen from your own journey through helping them. Where do we get stuck and how can we maybe make sure we're, we're looking at all, all the areas and we're figuring out where the gaps are? Yeah. Well, um, so whether it's, whether we're talking life or business, right. Um, I think the, the core thing that I always start with is, what are your priorities and your values? Because we get so caught up in what society expects of us, of what yeah. other people expect of us. And where this came from is I remember um, going to a birthday party and I was trying to get myself ready and I was trying to get my kids ready and make sure that they looked perfect and their hair was done and their clothes looked were matching and all cute, right? And I just remember being so stressed um, and yelling at my kids. And then we get to this birthday party and a friend of mine who's a division one basketball coach, you know, she comes in and um, she's like, you know, they're like 20 minutes late and her kid's hair is disheveled. And, <laughs> and she's like, she's like, oh man, <laughs> she's like, now I'm like questioning, like, should we have combed our hair or, you know, our kid's hair? I like, she's like, we're already running late. Like, we just need to get there. She's like, I even asked my husband, you know, should we make the kids comb their hair? <laughs> And she's like, and then I come in and your kids are in these like nice button up shirts and their hair is all done. And I just was like, oh, and I realized in that moment, I was like, she has her priority straight. Okay. Yeah. She's a successful division one basketball player and she's a coach and she's really good at it. And instead of her being worried about how her kids looked and how that was going to reflect on her, she was willing to get her kids there so they could enjoy the birthday party. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was just really pivotal moment for me that I was like, why am I so worried about what my kids look like? Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, it's because I had this perception of, you know, to a a good mom, their kids are in order and their hair is done and they have matching clothes and they look cute. Right. And when I really started to assess that, I was like, is that really what I want? Is it really worth 
the stress and the fighting with my kids. Um, is that what I value? No, it's not. And so I had to take a really hard look of what do I value and what do what I value is a good relationship with my children. (laughs) What I value is them being feeling independent and having confidence instead of their mom saying, you need to do this. Right. Um, and so that really shifted my perspective and that's really kind of the foundation of, um, really the coaching that we do because as business owners, what I find is that a lot of women um, are people pleasers, they're servants, they want to serve in their church, and they want to serve at, you know, in their kids' school, and then they're working. And men are usually CEOs. If they're a CEO, they're CEO in business, and they usually have a stay-at-home parent, right, that's handling all the things. Women are both. If they right. are CEO at work, they're also the CEO in their life. Even mm-hmm. if they are stay-at-home parent, they're still the decision makers. They're still, you know, yeah. scheduling appointments usually and doing all the things. And that's what I hear the most is like juggling all the things is one of the biggest pain points for women. Mm-hmm. And we get caught, we get so caught up on what we should be doing that we lose focus on what we want to be doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, you know, I struggled this in, with my own life and in my business. And I realized that other women business owners were after three years, especially it was like, you know, worked hustle, hustle, hustle to get to that six figures. And then all of a sudden they get there and they realize like, I have the money, I have the success, but I'm not fulfilled. I'm burnt out. My relationships are, you know, maybe lacking and not mm-hmm. where I want to be. And so we think that money and success is going to bring us fulfillment when at the end of the day, it doesn't, right? Sure. It, yes, it provide a life that we want, but not if we're not living intentionally. Uh, And so I created what's called the ramp method. um, And it is really taken from my background in uh, the sports world. So in sports, they have a off season, a preseason, an in season and a poster peak season, right? Mm -hmm. Could you imagine a football team practicing all year long, right? Like they already have head injuries. uh, If they if they were practicing and had competitions all year long at the same intensity, they're going to get more injured. They're going to get burnout. And that's exactly what happens. And I actually saw this happen with an athlete who should have been an Olympic gold medalist, like no mm-hmm. joke. He had mm-hmm. the mindset, he had the skill set. Um, but when he qualified for the Olympic trials in the summer between his junior and senior year, instead of resting, active rest, right? Rest doesn't mean you do nothing and you sit on the couch, right? And like you shut your business down. It's active rest. It's you're doing things, but it's not at the same intensity as in Mm -hmm. your business or your launch season. Um, So he, this, this swimmer, uh, he ended up practicing with the Olympic team in the summer, he should have been resting. Mm -hmm. And so he was working at the same intensity that he had been all year long. By the time his senior year came around, he had what's called overtraining syndrome, which is the equivalent to burnout. And uh, he went on to try out for the Olympics and he missed the mark by like 0.08 seconds. It was like the touch of a hand. And it was actually two seconds less than his personal best. And it's all because he didn't get enough rest. And Mm. we are in a society of hustle, whether that's we're talking life or business, right? We're in a society of hustle that busy is a badge of honor. Yep. Uh, and so the ramp method really 
gives a framework for business business owners to look at the natural ebbs and flows of their season. And this is why it works really well in the insurance industry and it can work in any industry, but um, in insurance, they typically have uh, busy and slow seasons. It's predictable. They have predictable mm-hmm. busy and slow seasons. Whereas, you know, you and I, I you're a coach, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a coach. And so I get to choose where my busy seasons are. Right. Right. Um, but we, a lot of times what happens is business owners in the slow season, they get stressed. And so they're like, oh my gosh, I got to pay the bills. I don't have income coming in. I've got a market. I've got to do this. And so instead of taking that slow season and taking advantage of it, uh, they push harder. So then their busy season comes and they're already exhausted by the time their busy season comes. Yeah. And then when the season's done, they're really exhausted, right? And your body can only push, push, push for so right. long something break mentally, emotionally, physically, <laughs> spiritually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so the ramp method is really designed to help create seasons within your business and, mm-hmm. and intentionality. So um, we look at, okay, what's going on in your busy season? What absolutely has to be done in your busy season? And what doesn't, right? And so mm-hmm. we're putting... Um, uh, we're, we're giving each season a purpose or an intention. Mm-hmm. So the rest season is really meant to be fun and rest and relaxation. Again, it doesn't mean they're shutting their whole business down, but right. that, that rest season, that slow season, the priority is family and friends, right? And then, uh, so it goes rest, align, master, peak. Um, and so it, it literally like the idea is to ramp up instead of just being at the same intensity yeah. all year. Uh, and you know, even in life, even if you're not a business, think about this as well, right? Like what, and we get so caught up in like our kids being in sports and they have to be in 15 million different things. And that's great if that works for you and you enjoy that. But at the end of the day, if you are exhausted by volunteering at school and volunteering at church and running your kids all over, how are you as a person? And if you find yourself grumpy, and with your kids and you're snapping, right? There's too much on your plate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really looking at your calendar and saying, like, what is on my calendar? And are these things that are yeah. what I value? And are they things that are priorities of mine? And I find with women, um, I've, I've done a lot of retreats in the past and we'll do this exercise where I have them write down like, all of the things they want to do within a year and then they prioritize and they only get to choose five, um, five things that they want to do in like the next six to 12 months. Mm-hmm. And usually people do not put themselves on their list as a priority. Yeah. Moms and women do not put themselves as a priority because they think I don't have time for that. Um, but in, the reality is, is if you want to live your best life, if you want to have a great relationship with your kids and your husband, you have to invest in yourself yeah, uh, and you have to put yourself first. And so I just am always like fascinated by that. And, and, and then people go, oh, yeah, no, I didn't put myself on my list. <laughs> right. um, and so it's really helping them to get a handle on their calendar really in each season because they know like, okay, in my busy season, yes, I'm not going to be able to invest as much time in my family right. and friends. And that's okay because I'm going to have a season for that. 
Absolutely. Uh, that's really, that's really kind of like a, the gist of what we do and how we do it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in business, we also fit like, what is your marketing strategy in each of these and different things right. like, but um, you know, women, there's, there's this notion out there that work-life balance doesn't exist. And it drives me crazy when I hear people say that because there is a work-life balance. You just have to figure out what it is for you, yeah. right? It doesn't mean yeah. it's a 50, it doesn't mean you're working at 50% of the work and 50% of life. Like that's not what work-life balance right. is. Um, and so I like to think about balance in the scheme of a year yeah. uh, or Makes, even yep. in a month. Um, right. We do a lot of helping women to harness their female physiology because yes. we are so stuck in the cycle of men. Men are on a 24-hour cycle. And as women, we think we have to perform at that same level. And so then we get frustrated or I know at least I used to get so mad because I would have these days and these weeks where I felt on top of the world. I was an extrovert. um, I was super creative. And then a week later, I was like, what just happened to me? (laughs) Where did did all my brain power go? And like, how can I be go from being so productive to like feeling like I can't do anything and I'm terrible (laughs) and I'm criticizing everything. Right. (laughs) And so really like just teaching women how to understand their bodies and then work with their bodies and instead of like their bodies because we have seasons within our month. Mm -hmm. And if we learn how to take advantage of those seasons, it actually helps us be more productive instead of just fighting it and being mad. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's that's so true. And so many of those things. I mean, when you were talking about that, your kids and then your friend that's the division one coach, I was like, I know so many people that were in that exact same place where they thought their kids like it was a perfectionism and they didn't even realize it. I just had a friend from the neighborhood the a week ago, no lie, who said she has three kids, she has a really successful career, and she's like I just happened to get this book. I just had heard about it. She goes, I was reading it and I thought, oh my gosh, this whole time I have been, if my kids made a mistake, I was, I believe that it was like an impression on me. She's like, I didn't even know I was doing that. She's like, I had no idea. I, she's like, I didn't even see it, you know? And so she's a really great mom, but she didn't realize that every little tiny thing that wasn't perfect, she was putting so much emphasis on to the detriment maybe of the relationships or herself, right? Like uh, putting so much pressure on herself and stress. So when you were telling me that example or sharing that example, I was like, yeah, so many times we're a little bit on autopilot and we don't realize that we even had that belief or that perception in the back of our mind that we're now doing things with. And so absolutely, I can see from whether it's parenting your kids or running a business or just living your life, that if we don't stop, and absolutely, I agree with you. If you don't stop to say, what are my intentions? What are my goals? What are my mo- what are the most important things to me in this season? What are my priorities really? And then what are my values? Because if you don't ask those things, you're right. We end up kind of in a flurry, you know, of, of not being intentional. So I think that's really good. Yeah, yeah. And that's really what it is. You end up reactive. Yes. And- you're reacting to the, your circumstances and everything around you instead of being proactive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, in business too, I think we're high, just high achievers in general, right? We, we set this goal 
but mm-hmm. we set a goal for maybe income or whatever it is. And then we do whatever we have to, to get there. And we right. forget, like, but what is the purpose of this goal? Like, right. what is, why do I want that six figure, seven figures or successful career is to live my life. And we get so Absolutely. achieving the goal that we, we forget, like, what is this all for? And, you know, a lot of people, they'll, they'll get five, 10 years down the road and they look around and they're like, wait a minute, this is not why I started this. This is absolutely. Um, so yeah. And it's, yeah. you know, it just comes down to giving permission, mm-hmm. uh, giving somebody the framework to see like, Oh, this can work. And it doesn't have to be this way or the way that society says it has to be. Right. Well, yeah. And uh, I do want to talk about in a minute, kind of uh, how you guys are road schooling and all that, but uh, an old story, or I forget what they call it. Uh, it's probably been from all the different uh, countries, like uh, Brazilian is the one I've heard it, but African, I'm sure it's been repeated over and over some version, but the story about the um, the fishermen and the businessmen, you've probably heard that it's been around a long time, but the gist is basically the fisherman goes out, you know, for a little bit of the day, gets his fish, brings it in for his family. He has enough to kind of provide. And, you know, then he enjoys time with his family. He sees his friends at night. And then the fisher from the businessman basically says like, well, what would happen if you got more fish and then you got a bigger boat and then you had a industry and that, right. And then it basically the guy's like, keep getting more and more and more until then you can retire and you have all this money and then you can spend time with your family. And then later, and then the fisherman says, and then what, and then what? And the whole point is, is it would get him back to being able to enjoy what he already does now, 50 years earlier. And it's kind of like, what are you chasing? Are you chasing money and um, notoriety? Or are you just making sure that what, if you know what your values and your intentions are, the life you want to live, you have the means to do that. But, but we don't need to just chase for more because Usually it's about people and it's about meaning and purpose more so than more dollars, right? Yeah. And I think that the question really to ask there too is, yeah, why chasing the achievement? And usually that comes down to worthiness, Mm -hmm. right? If I'm not achieving, I'm not worthy because we were raised in get straight A's, you get rewarded. Right. I'm the soccer star, you get rewarded, right? It's all about we're rewarded for achievement and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Uh, but it gets so ingrained in us that we don't know how to be without achieving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's really where faith become. at least for me, that's where like my, my faith became really important is because I didn't know how to just be, I didn't know how to be still. I didn't right. know how to not, you know, achieve. And it took a lot of like, okay, God, who do you say I am without that's my right without that, who do you say I am? That's right. right? Just listening. And like, you know, that's really powerful. Cause it's like, yep. Oh, and so we get caught up in, you know, people think like, if I just get this income level, or if I just get to this next level of success, then I'll feel fulfilled. Then I can live my life. And it's like, no, you have to choose to start living your life right now. That's right. With whatever you have with whatever is around. That's you. Right. And, um, you know, that was a big piece of my journey is learning to be learning to have gratitude and especially having gratitude for the things that I resented. And that's hard. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it really comes down to like those internal beliefs about yourself. Yeah. And until you tackle while those are there and where they're coming from, you'll just be you'll continue in this cycle of yeah. achieving, achieve, whether that's whether you're a stay at home mom who's right. achieving. 
right? Because if yeah. you're a mom, like you can still be a high achiever. You're making sure the house is perfectly clean or right. you're, you know, you're, and sometimes moms are like, stay at home moms are the most burnout because right. they, they get caught up in the doing and, and not just like being and enjoying That's their right. life. Um, I remember uh, there was a, a period I had gone to a conference and they had us do this exercise. And um, I can't even remember specifically what it was, but like they walked you through this exercise where you came up with a word and they like turn the lights off and they turn the lights back on. And I was like sobbing because my word was fun. Like, I was like, I don't know how to have fun anymore. I don't mm. know how to have fun and enjoy my kids. It became a chore. Mm-hmm. To- have fun with them, like something to check off the list. And yeah. I find a lot of the clients and the people we work with is they don't know how to like truly have fun. Yeah. Enjoy. Yes. Maybe they go on vacation and it right. looks, but, but, but internally they're not really, they don't really know how to enjoy it and have fun. Yeah. And, uh, that I was like, I could not stop crying for like an hour. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, this is crazy, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, it's really challenging for high achievers um, yeah. to really enjoy, really enjoy life and really have fun and uh, not get caught up in achieving all the things and doing all the things. Oh, so true. So can you tell us a little bit about just like, how did you, what, like, how did you decide to go from, you know, you had a more traditional job, obviously, then you had the kids and now your life looks very different, how you guys are choosing to show up in the world. So can you tell us a little bit about how did you come to that decision and then do it or like maybe why, and then, um, what that making that decision, you know, meant to you guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it was never like a, this big dream for us. We had actually sold our house four years ago. Um, not with the intention to travel. We just sold it because we didn't enjoy taking care of all the maintenance of a house. Mm-hmm. We were stressed out. It was creating a lot of stress for us. And so we sold our house. Uh, we moved into an apartment with the intention to eventually buy, you know, a different house and a better, you know, a better area, things like that. Um, and then COVID happened and homeschooling happened. Um, and during COVID, we had found out that my oldest son um, had dyslexia and dysgraphia. And so he was fighting everything like, mm-hmm. and his teacher was like, I don't understand. He said he gets his work done and he always gets it done. And, you know, and, um, so when they went back to virtual school, um, which would have been his 2021. So his third grade year, um, they would put something up on the screen and he had a hard time reading it. And so he would come interrupt me. Um, and then I would come in and I would try to help him. And by the time we figured it out, they were on to the next thing. And he was just mm-hmm. in tears every day. And he was like, Mom, I hate this. He hated virtual school. He loved, he yeah. liked to be cool. He's yeah. a social student. Um, but virtual school was not working. And so mm-hmm. we got forced into homeschooling. I always joked, I I never wanted to homeschool. I swore I would never. <laughs> right. I'm a high yeah. achiever. I didn't want to homeschool, <laughs> right? Like, like forced decision. Right. Uh, but it was what needed to happen. And so as him and I are doing the school and, you know, I would see people like just pick up and go travel and, you know, go do things. And I was like, Hmm. So I started looking into like road schooling and I thought there's no way I can't do it. I can't live in a small space with my family. I can't do it. Right. (laughs) Um, And the more I looked into it and the more we just started watching YouTube 
uh, YouTubers and people who were doing it. And uh, then I got my husband on board and the kids interested in it. And we had looked at just renting an RV actually to just drive to California to go visit friends and go to Disneyland. And it was so expensive. And I was like, mm-hmm. we'd be better off just buying one. Yeah. And so that kind of led into uh, us just going full in and we set a date that we wanted to start traveling and, um, and we really weren't attached to anything. We didn't have a house. Most of our stuff was hand-me-downs. We weren't mm-hmm. like attached to our stuff yeah. and we've never really been, um, we've never really been attached to stuff. We've always just enjoyed experiences. And even mm-hmm. my kids, like they're not really toy people. They get toys and they hardly ever play with them. They like experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's really kind of what, propelled it forward. Um, and then my youngest son was actually diagnosed with type one diabetes. And so we pulled him out of school as well. And, uh, we had planned to actually leave in October of 2022, but we couldn't find an RV because everybody's trying to do this. Yes. Um, so we found one kind of at the last minute, um, we actually like had to be out of our apartment. And I, I, this is just like a God thing that I think is just really fascinating. We were supposed to be out of our apartment at the end of July. We still didn't have an RV. We had no idea where we were going to go or what we we're going to do. And uh, the manager forgot to give us our lease renewal. And so legally they have to give you 60 days notice. And so we had until October 31st, we found an RV on October 5th and we renovated it in three weeks and we moved in. Wow. <laughs> Wow. And then uh, we lived stationary in Spokane for a year because we we just couldn't get out soon enough. Um, so we got we lived in an RV in the snow, which was interesting. Um, but it worked fine. It was good because we had time to like work out the kinks and all of that. Um, and then just this last October, we finally got to start traveling. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just you know, and it was it was a uh, again another one of those like a leap of faith because my husband was the full-time income earner. I was growing a business on the side. Um, and he, we just made the decision for him to quit in August because we did not want to be here in the winter again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he quit his job. So now I work full-time and he is homeschooling and managing, you know, all the stuff and um, kind of experiencing what it's like to be a stay-at-home parent. But he he's doing really great at it. Um, yeah, it, homeschooling was tough for me because I was homeschooling. I was running a business. I was working part time. Yeah, type one diabetic, and it was just really challenging. And it was you know stressful to manage all those right. things, which we a lot of times as women do. And so, uh, you know, we just we just decided like if we're gonna do this, we're gonna do it, and we're gonna stop waiting for retirement, and we're gonna yep. live our lives right now. And yeah. uh, my husband's parents actually. Um, they sold their house probably f- four years ago as well uh-huh. and went into an RV and I thought they were crazy with just yeah. the two of them and here we are right. the four of us right. uh, but you know and they wanted they were traveling and his dad has type 1 diabetes and is actually in um, kidney failure mm. and so that also was like a big piece of it of like we don't want to wait till retirement to live our lives right, right. because you never know how long that's right nope that's right uh, and so we just did it and, yeah. you know, we're doing it and day by day we take it, but, um, we love it. People walk in and they're like, wow, you guys like, this isn't a, wow, you guys are doing it. We couldn't, you know, they just, they like, can't believe that we live right. in 
this small space, but whether we're stationary or we travel, we actually love it. Yeah. We like home maintenance. We like being able to get out and, you know, experience life. And um, even if we weren't traveling, I don't know that I would buy a house, honestly. I think we right. would live in our RV. <laughs> right. Um, so. Oh, no, I think it's great. And like you said, everybody has, that's the whole, what works for you? What's your priority? You know, and I just yeah. love that you guys are willing to take the adventure. You're willing to try it especially because of some of how, how the pieces fell, right. With both your kids um, really could have benefited from having, you know, homeschooling or road schooling for now. And yeah, I think it's great. I mean, we have a camper, you know, like a travel trailer, but uh, we have not ever lived in it. Um, and I, I, now I have the teenage and college boys, so they're quite huge. Yeah. And ours is, you know, not huge because we're not driving it. We're not living in it. So it's, it's smaller. Um, so we can pull it, but I do love the adventure of, all of those things. And uh, yeah, I think there's something to be said to live in small spaces because it does make you leave your space when you're not relaxing or sleeping and go do things. I think it actually makes, I think when we get too comfortable and having these bigger spaces and all this stuff, we can get very comfortable and not doing much sometimes, you know? And so, and that's okay. I know that's what some people want, but I think it encourages you to do more things and have more experiences, what is, which is exactly what you're looking for right now. So that's amazing. Yeah. And I mean, and, that, and that's what it really comes down to is like, how do you want to live your life? Not how somebody else is living their life. Right. Or what somebody right. else should or shouldn't do, but yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, we are in a 38 foot. Um, yes. I'm actually, uh-huh right where I'm at right now is our garage. So I have a door that closes off. So I have my, uh-huh. um, so we, we, we intentionally chose, uh, a space where we each could kind of have our own space and some right. people do it in really tiny, you know, and I'm like, I couldn't do that. <laughs> so right. Right. You have to know your, you know, kind of your tolerance level yeah. and what mm. you're willing to do. But so good. So yeah. tell me what, um, what would you maybe want to, um, just share as we start wrapping up you know, just uh, maybe a word of encouragement or just uh, a thought or two, just encourage, you know, people and, you know, trying to, you know, build lives they love to really step out and find the freedom they're looking for, that flexibility, um, tapping into their faith and and feeling fulfilled in their lives. Yeah. You know, I would say um, my husband and I are both like, we like our security and our safety, Right. And that was the biggest hurdle for us, especially for my husband. I tend to be more of a, let's just do it, right? <laughs> like very analytical and plans yes. everything. And, um, but at the end of the day, it was like, are we going to look back and regret that mm-hmm. we didn't do it because we were scared? Because yeah. we were scared we weren't going to have enough money. Because we were scared that um, it, we were going to fail or we weren't going to like it or, you know, and it's like, at the end of the day, um, yeah. If if we didn't like it, we could just go back and live in an apartment or buy a house, right? Right. right. <laughs> um, and so I would say, like, just ask yourself: if you only had one year to live, what right. would you choose to do differently? Because yeah. that really, um, and that's a question that I ask my clients yep. for onboarding: is like, if you only had one year to live, what would you do differently? Because that really drills down to what do you actually value. Absolutely. And maybe you can't go do that thing, but maybe you can. And what's stopping you from doing it? And usually yeah. it's fear and that safety and security and that yep. you know, person of faith. That's where really just leaning into God is um, 
you know, for me, like I always have to go back to God is my safety and security. God is my safety and security, right? Yes. Yes. Let us fall and fail. Um, but you know, it's like that stepping onto the water and, and trusting and not getting distracted by the big waves and keeping our yep. focus. Mm. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So can you tell us, um, Sherry, how can people connect with you online and just learn more about how you're helping women? I know it's primarily the female insurance agents, but still you're obviously so encouraging and inspiring people in you know, helping empower them. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Instagram, I'm at Sheree Sour Coaching. So that's a little mix of, you know, life, travel, business. Um, and then you can find us at Success Without Sacrifice Coaching on Facebook, um, Instagram, and that's also our website. So, mm. well, thank you so much for being with us today, sharing, you know, kind of your journey and how you've kind of continued to iterate and connect the dots, how you've tapped into your faith in a bigger way. And just how you continue to be, I guess, um, you know, you step out in faith and do what you're doing now, which is road schooling and just, you know, building a new business and all of those sort of things. So thank you for coming on and sharing all of that with us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Kristen. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. And thanks again for listening in. And if you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can check out freebies and resources we have for you at kristenfitch.com. And if you have ideas for the show or guests that you'd like to recommend, I'd love to hear from you. So DM me on Instagram at kristenfitch, or you can email me from the website. Thanks so much. Until next time, have a great week.